weekend sweet beautiful texas crazy moon's the name of that one there from brandon jenkins getting things started for us here on cabela's lone star outdoors show really appropriate tune after that amazing blood moon we had this past week i'm cable smith by the way thank you so much for tuning in Uh, also thanks to our presenting sponsors lone star beer and hoff power polaris Uh, we've got a great show lined up for you today and uh, we're not going to waste any time getting down to it so y'all know the routine Pour yourself another cup of coffee, grab that stool, pull it a little closer here to the old campfire because we've got a lot to get into. And we'll start it off by talking a little spring crappie with our good friend and longtime crappie angler and guide, Greg Pavor of Pavor Outdoors. Uh, The slabs are moving into the shallows. And Greg will tell us what temperatures to look for as far as prime crappie conditions as well as what artificials and live baits uh, he's using right now, and and also at what depth he's finding most of his fish. So uh, that's coming up. Then we'll change things up with the Brunton Southwest Shootout coming to Paris, Texas next weekend. And this one-of-a-kind archery event uh, obviously draws all the top pros from around the country, including Elite Archery's Levi Morgan, nine-time ASA Shooter of the Year. Uh, And he'll join us to talk some 3D and and how shooting 3D can really make you a better bow hunter. So uh, cool stuff coming up here with Levi. Then some very important Texas Parks and Wildlife regulation changes that will affect the 2014-2015 hunting and fishing seasons, Uh, specifically uh, a regulation that will now allow bow hunters to carry a firearm during archery-only seasons. And uh, we'll find out if that applies to strictly private ground or uh, if it also incorporates public hunting into uh, into that change as well. And we'll do that with our TPWD Executive Director of Natural Resources, Ross Melanchuk. Then we'll discuss some uh, increased harvest opportunity for Texas mule deer and our TPWD Wildlife Division Director, Clayton Wolf, will return to the program and, and break down uh, that increased harvest opportunity for us as well. So it's going to be a great show. I'm certainly looking forward to it. couple other things to mention here. Let's do a, a giveaway very quickly. I've got a Night and Hail Wet Willy box call. Uh, this is my go-to when I'm looking to finish off that wary tom. Uh, just a little clucks and purrs and the wide array of sounds you can make with this box call. Uh, it's by far my favorite call. So We'll give this one away to the third person to text in the word Longbeard. That's Longbeard to 214-289-7807. That's Longbeard to 214-289-7807. And uh, you could win this Wet Willy box call compliments of Night and Hail game calls. Uh, also, don't forget our photo of the month contest is going on right now. This month is sponsored by Costa Del Mar Sunglasses. Send me your best hunting or fishing picture. And we'll get you entered into this month's contest. And then also our 12 monthly winners from 2014 
will square off at the end of the year once again for a chance to join me on an exotic trophy hunt down at Coons Canyon Ranch in Rock Springs, Texas, uh, one of my absolute favorite places to visit and hunt in all of the great Lone Star State. Uh, just beautiful terrain, and they've got some amazing animals, uh, great whitetail hunting, and then incredible black buck and axis deer. So send in those outdoor photos to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. And like I said, all you have to do is win one of our 12 monthly contests, and then you'll uh, you'll throw your hat in the ring as far as a chance at winning our 2014 trophy exotic hunt at Coons Canyon Ranch. Let's knock out a quick break. When we come back, the dogwood trees are blooming. Spring is in the air, and that means those big slabs are running into the shallows. We'll talk spring crappie with Greg Pavor, Pavor Outdoors, coming up on Cabela's Lone Star Outdoors Show. Texas sports fans, this is Brian Spagnola, General Manager of Texas Motor Cars in Addison. My family's been in the car business for over 50 years, and I want to show you the difference in buying from a family-owned and operated business. TexasMotorCars.com is an awesome website that lets you do virtually all of your shopping online. We have a professional photographer that takes amazing photos, and we give you all the information that you'll need up front. You can even find out how much we will give you for your trade-in before you ever come in. I take pride in the fact you can come in, choose a car, and be out in less than an hour. We have financing rates starting at 1.79% on pre-owned vehicles and can help almost anybody. Please do yourself a favor. If you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle of any kind, give us a shot. Let me show you how easy buying a vehicle should be. Visit TexasMotorCars.com or come visit our 20,000-square-foot indoor showroom in Addison. Again, visit TexasMotorCars.com or call us at 1-888-9-TX-MOTORS. Cable Smith here for The Seat Shop. That outdoor lifestyle we all love, yeah, it can be pretty rough on the interior of our trucks. That's why I trust my friends at The Seat Shop. Is your driver's seat ripped where you slide in and out of your truck or SUV? They can replace that one cover, and the new leather is guaranteed to match your factory interior. Or if you want to overhaul your full front row or your entire interior like I did, The Seat Shop can definitely take care of you. And if you're looking for something to protect your leather, they've got the new Carhartt seat covers as well. Perfect for hauling gear, guns, and dogs around. Guys, The Seat Shop is a great family-owned company who really knows their stuff, and their old-fashioned customer service is a hard thing to find these days. I had a great time working with them, and I know you will too. So visit theseatshop.com or give them a call at 214-710-2565 today. If you're in the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of Dallas, Louisville, Bobcat of Fort Worth, and Bobcat of Longview. Visit BobcatofDallas.com or call 469-586-0000 today. You wouldn't take a mule to the Kentucky Derby, and you wouldn't go swimming with your boots on. So why do folks wear mossy green camo to hunt the great Southwest? Game Guard Camouflage is celebrating 10 years of putting hunters undercover in the rugged Texas terrain. Owner Craig Smith invites you to visit a dealer near you to check out the full line of hunting apparel, caps, bags, coolers, gun cases, dove hunting belts, and the newly designed microfiber shirts. 
available in 13 different colors. So whether you're hunting, camping, fishing, or just enjoying the great outdoors, GameGuard has you covered. Visit GameGuard.net to find a dealer near you or call 888-381-4263. GameGuard, the official camo of the Lone Star Outdoors show. Good friend Justin Bowerman bringing us back on Cabela's Lone Star Outdoors show, presented of course by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. Hope everyone is enjoying a lovely spring weekend. Uh, I know I am. I'm your host, Cable Smith, by the way. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today as we're about to talk some spring crappie as the dogwood trees have bloomed and the slabs are moving up shallow. But first, this segment. Proudly brought to you by Rudy's True Texas Style Barbecue and STI Guns. Texas made and Texas proud. Go Texan for your next handgun and go STI. Well, you guys and gals have been sending some pretty amazing crappie photos so far this spring. So it looks like many of y'all are already on them. And there should be some pretty good fish fries coming up in the near future. Uh, but you know, it never hurts to have as much information as possible at hand. And our next guest chases crappie and catfish all over the Lone Star State. He's an encyclopedia of knowledge uh, on both species, for that matter. Uh, but without further delay, it's my pleasure to welcome our good friend, longtime crappie angler and guide, Greg Pavor of Pavor Outdoors, back to the show. Uh, good morning, Cable. It is a good morning indeed, my friend. And, you know, Greg, uh, like I said, folks are just posting crappie pictures on our Facebook page on a daily basis. So with as much as you're on the water, I figured we'd touch base and, and find out what you're seeing. Uh, would you say that the crappie and, and most of the state are in full spawning mode right now? Well, Cable, uh, the crappie are really starting to come up now and, and show some good numbers and good quality. Um, here a couple weeks ago, it was a little slow. In the past week, it's really picked up a lot. Um, still, catching, still catching about three-fourths of the fish are males. Um, and we're getting some good females starting to come in. So once those females really starting to show up, it's, it's on, it's on full force. Okay. And so as far as water temperature goes, that really drives those big female slabs into full spawn mode. Uh, what are you looking for as an indicator? Well, you start getting a lot of males starting to show up when that water temperature hits in the low fifties. Uh-huh. Um, you'll definitely start catching more black crappie when the temperature is hitting around the mid fifties. Um, then the whites will really show up good in the upper 50s, low 60s. But um, the the females, they'll really start setting in real good when the water temperature hits 60 degrees, which is just there now. Um, been finding anywhere from 60 to 66 degrees here here lately, and, and the females really start showing up when the water temperature hits the mid mid to lower 60s. Uh-huh. And when that happens, Greg, I mean, I know you catch them in as little as a, a foot of water. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's unbelievable how you know, I put my jig down there and, and catch a crappie, and you would think you'd see the you know, tail or the, the fin sticking out of the water. You could almost see the fish if they're there. But, yeah, foot of water, they're, they're definitely there. And, Greg, you know, when you're looking for an area where crappie should be staging in the shallows, um, 
are you looking for a soft sandy bottom or you know a rockier hard bottom uh, for instance uh, sand bass obviously their namesake you know <laughs> they prefer a soft sandy bottom uh, what about crappie crappie they do also like some sandy bottoms um here lately with the lakes down so much it's hard to get up in a lot of these creeks where laydowns are traditional laydowns and trees um that's kind of hard to find right now on some of these lakes so what I've been really targeting this year is riprap and rocks, rocky areas with the lakes down, some rocky points, and, and some rocky areas are starting to show up. And those crappie will move up in there and, and lay their eggs in those crevices in the rocks. Okay, okay. Uh, Greg, what about tackle as far as how you have uh, you know your jig pole rigged up? I know vertical jigging is, is your forte. Uh, I prefer to use personally a four pound test just in case you've got to wrestle, you know, a two and a half pound slab out of uh, a little timber or something. But uh, obviously you've got more info on the subject than I could ever hope to have. So uh, tell us how you have your poles rigged up. Well, I do like to use fluorocarbon. Um, I use four to six pound fluorocarbon and that fluorocarbon, it's a lot better. Um, I think just because the fish can't see as easy if you're fishing some real muddy water. It can really not make a difference, but if you're fishing clear water, that fluorocarbon can really make a difference in what I think. Um, I like to use sickle hooks. Anywhere from an eighth, eighth ounce to a sixteenth is my favorite. And right now, really been tearing them up on red and chartreuse and white and chartreuse jigs. Um, okay. Some been using some rocky tops. Uh, they're real good. And like vertical jigging those rocks and if you fish in a spot for about five, ten minutes, you're not catching anything. Roads need to move on, even if it's 15, 20 feet, because if those crappie are there, you'll catch them, especially when they're on the nest. Anything that they, you put in front of their face, they're they're most likely going to hit. Okay, so eighth ounce or sixteenth ounce jig head. Uh, you told us what color skirts that folks uh, should be using right now. Uh, what about live bait? You know, plenty of folks swear by live minnows when it comes to crappie fishing. Are you using any live bait right now? Yes. Um, when I take out people, they like to use minnows a lot, and it's also easy. Uh, minnows are underneath the cork. Uh, you can set about you know, a slip cork anywhere from a foot to two foot and kind of adjust that slip cork and find that depth that those crappie are at and just set that cork to that depth. Or also, um, some people like to jig fish. that want to jig fish, tip the jig with the minnow. And, and that could be really productive as well. Uh-huh. And that brings up the always controversial uh, topic of where do you hook the minnow? Uh, everybody will tell you uh, a different thing, and everybody has their favorite way, whether that's through the dorsal fin or, or through the mouth. What about you? <laughs> well, if, if I'm tipping the jig, I do like to hook the minnow, get the hook and go underneath the lower lower lip of the minnow and then come right up through the top of his mouth and that seems to to not kill them and they're still active and you're not hurting the fish a lot if you especially if you hook the minnow in the back or underneath the dorsal fin or somewhere it can put a little bit more stress on the minnow than than hooking it straight through the mouth it can put a little bit more stress on the minnow than than hooking it straight through the mouth yeah and if you stick the hook back out through you know one of their nostrils uh then you don't even have to put an extra hole in the fish. Uh, so that's kind of what I always aim for anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's a great spot. 
Well, Greg, what about this recent uh, record cold front that we had for, for this late in the year? I mean, April, gosh, temperatures were in the low 30s in the North Texas area. I know that y'all had snow flurries out uh, in West Texas. So has that really affected uh, the spring migration into the shallows, or is it really uh, a non-factor? Well, the fish the fish really moved up pretty good here in the past week. Uh, actually, almost two weeks. They've been moving up pretty good. And once they get in there, as thick as they are now, the cold fronts, it might push them back just a day or two. Um you just wait a day or two after the cold front, and then it'll be pick it'll pick up right away. Especially with nights in the low 50s, upper 40s. You know, you get 48, 50, 53 degree nights. That that water will warm up quick again, and those fish will stay there. And, and Greg, the million dollar question, and and I'm going to put you on the spot here is, uh, you know, when will it end? How long can folks take advantage of the spring crappie spawn? Well, that's a good. That's a magic. That's a magical question, Cable. <laughs> um, that that's very difficult to to say. It'll definitely be good for at least a month, and a lot of times you'll find them real good during the day right now, and then when the nights start getting in the upper fifties, low sixties, and real hot days, maybe eighty degree days, you'll start catching them better at nighttime, mm-hmm. um, and then. And then the fish will kind of move out of the shallow areas, um, probably here in a month and a half. But like I say, it has a lot to do with the temperatures and, and the weather. Well, hey, Greg, uh, last thing here. You know, anytime you and I get together and go hunting or fishing, undoubtedly, it always ends with a big production of uh, preparing that wild game and, and turning it into some kind of feast, you know. And usually there's a, a couple of adult beverages involved, and, uh, you know, we just have a good time with it. But. Uh, since we're talking crappie today, why don't you give us your favorite crappie recipe? Well, uh, one of my favorite ways to cook crappie is I like to make fish tacos. And what I'll do is I'll cut up the crappie in, in little cubes and put them in the stir-fry pan. I don't fry them, but I just cook them in the, in the skillet and put some taco seasons in there and some garlic powder. And I'll make a fresh pico with a bunch of jalapenos, tomatoes, and cilantro and onions and have some fried rice and make some guacamole to go with it and get your tortilla and put that crappie and some rice and that pico and avocado in there. Yeah, that's really hard to beat. Yes, indeed, man. And, and wash it down with an ice-cold Lone Star beer. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, hey, brother, great stuff as always, Greg. Uh, if folks want to book a crappie or catfish trip with you, uh, you've got your website, poutdoors.com. Uh, what about a contact number? My number is 940-206-6375. Okay. Oh, yeah. And then also uh, your Facebook page is a great resource as well as, as you're very interactive and are always giving live updates on the lakes that you're fishing. Yep, yep. And I'll upload pictures and tell people what depth I'm fishing at and water temperatures and are they biting better on minnows or jigs? And um, I do provide a lot of information on there. And folks can find your Facebook page at Pavor Outdoors. Uh, hey, man, we certainly appreciate it, Greg, and uh, look forward to wetting the line with you in the very near future. All right, always good talking with you, Cable. Appreciate you having me. Always a pleasure, brother. There he goes, Greg Pavor of Pavor Outdoors, uh, one of my oldest hunting and fishing buddies. A funny story about Greg. Him and I actually met at a sporting goods store. Uh, We were checking out various 
teal decoys for early teal season one September and started talking and, and have just been uh, really good friends ever since then. So it's awesome how the outdoors just always seem to bring like-minded folks together. Uh, but anyway, let's knock out a quick break here. When we come back, we'll change it up, talk some archery, uh, specifically competitive 3D shooting with the world's greatest 3D archer. Levi Morgan makes his return to the program coming up only on Cabela's Lone Star Outdoor Show. It's late. It's all gone. You had your chance. You took too long. Like you always do. I won't wait. Did you know there's a bank that will pay you to be its customer? That's right. Lone Star Ag Credit is a cooperative, and since it's owned by its stockholders, pays millions in dividends each year. That's free money to every borrower. Lone Star Ag Credit serves people all over Northeast Texas, assuring you competitive interest rates on real estate loans, rural home loans, livestock, and farm and ranch loans. Contact Lone Star Ag Credit today at 800-530-1252 or on the web at LoneStarAgCredit.com. Equal housing lender. Hey friends, Cable Smith here for DFW Safes. We all know that our guns are a big part of our lives, from grandfather's old 12-gauge to that trusty tack driver of a deer rifle. And DFW Safes is North Texas' premier safe dealer, specializing in rhino, bighorn, huntsman, heritage, and fortress safes, to name a few. They're family-owned and operated and have over 24 years' experience in the safe and installation business. They even have commercial safes for your business and scratch-and-dent safes for the most frugal of gun owners. Visit DFWSafes.com to set up your delivery today. That's DFWSafes.com or call 817-715-1068. At LSC Trailer Sales, we offer a full line of utility trailers from small single axle trailers to heavy equipment trailers, ATV trailers, car haulers, landscape trailers, cargo trailers, truck beds, and more. We can special order a custom trailer specific to your needs and have the ability to customize standard models in-house. LSC Trailer Sales is here to assist you with any questions you might have about trailers. Call 940-484-5500 or visit us at lsctrailersales.com. Finally, quality trailers at affordable prices in Dallas-Fort Worth. Hey, y'all, Cable Smith here for Tioga Retrievers. As bird hunters, we expect the most out of our gun dogs, and that's why I sent my sweet girl Belle to Angie and Tim Becker at Tioga Retrievers. Not only were her manners and obedience spot on in the blind and in the field, but Belle picked up over 200 birds in her first season. So whether you want a well-rounded hunting dog or just a well-mannered companion for the home, Tioga Retrievers has you covered. Located in Aubrey, Texas, visit TiogaRetrievers.com. That's T-I-O-G-A Retrievers.com. Coons Canyon Ranch in Rock Springs, Texas specializes in exotics such as Axis Deer and Black Buck. Coons Canyon offers quality animals at a price the working man can afford. Right now, save 10% on any package of multiple animals. Military personnel, police, and firefighters also get 10% off. Lodging is available upon request, as are other exotic species. Visit CoonsCanyonRanch.com for your next exotic trophy hunt. That's CoonsCanyonRanch.com. This is Aaron Lewis, and thank you for listening. The Lone Star Outdoor Show. Two flags fly above my land and really sum up how I feel. One is the colors that fly high and proud, the red, the white, the blue. The other one's got a rattlesnake with a simple statement Country Boys, the name of that one from Aaron Lewis, bringing us back on Cabela's Lone Star Outdoors show, presented by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. I'm Cable Smith. 
riding shotgun with you this morning. Certainly appreciate you all sharing a bit of your weekend with me as we're about to talk a little archery with the world's greatest 3D competitive shooter. Uh, But first, this segment is proudly brought to you by Lone Star Beer. Uh, Whether you're celebrating full stringers or crappie, or maybe you finally bagged that Tom with that 10-inch beard that gave you the slip multiple times this spring, there's only one choice, and that's an ice-cold Lone Star Beer. Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. Uh, Well, without further ado, let's talk some archery here this morning, since uh, a -a one-of-a-kind archery competition and celebration of all things archery, really, uh, will take place in Paris, Texas next weekend. And so here to talk some 3D and competitive shooting uh, is nine-time ASA Shooter of the Year, 10-time world champ. He's got a litany of other awards to his credit. He's the host of Name the Game on Sportsman's Channel. Levi Morgan, welcome back to the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, it's great to have you back on the show. Uh, I guess, first of all, Levi, what have you been up to, man? Uh, Getting a chance to spend some time in the turkey woods, hopefully. Yeah, we got to go out to Kansas last week. We got to hunt for three days out there, and I, I never even picked up my bow. I was calling for my brother and a couple buddies, and uh, they got some nice birds. And then we, uh, I looked at a couple new whitetail leases, and then we headed home. So good trip, though. I had fun, a little bit of a vacation anyway. Well, it sounds like a, a nice change of pace, and you know you can't beat spending quality time in the outdoors with your brother and, and good buddies. And I imagine uh, that it was nice not to have to be in front of the camera for a change. Uh, You know, obviously, Name the Game, um, your hunting show airs on Sportsman's Channel as part of their Full Draw Fridays. And uh, and I believe y'all air third and fourth quarter, so essentially uh, June, basically through hunting season. Yeah, we um, are doing a lot of stuff in studio right now, just kind of get the shows out. We've uh, got several of the shows ready to go i think our first show airs july 2nd this year mm-hmm. um on friday night you know we air friday night to wednesday on the sportsman's channel through uh see july through december so do you have anything else planned for the spring i don't know maybe a bear hunt or, or anything of that nature going on no man bass fishing a lot <laughs> and shoot my bow pretty much this spring and then uh, i just booked my first moose hunt i'm doing a moose bear combo in british columbia in uh september this year so that'll be something new for me that'll be fun so awesome awesome yeah well uh you know you're a you're a nine-time asa shooter of the year you're the face of elite archery and with the uh brunton southwest shootout coming to paris texas next weekend uh, you know, you currently sit atop the Shooter of the Year standings once again after three events. Um, now, is I'm just looking at the standings here. Tim Gillingham, he he also shoots uh, for Gold Tip. I think he's right. in second place. Uh, so, yep. is he your biggest threat this season? Yeah, man. This season, Tim is just he's on fire, man. He uh, he won. See, I was leading the first event. He came back and won in the shoot off, um, and then I won the second event, and he. He just had a couple shots get away from him. And in the third event, I was leading. Well, actually, me and Tim were tied going into the shoot-off, and he edged me out again. So hmm. I've got him on overall points, but he's just he's just shooting lights out this year so far. So he's definitely definitely been the one to worry about so far. Right, right. Well, you know, you do have a, a, a substantial lead. You know, I think you're up by, I don't know, 20 points or so, and that, that seems to be, uh, I wouldn't say too comfortable, but, you know, you're, uh, right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a that's a pretty good lead for this early in the season. I mean, I'm 
I'm happy with that, you know, considering uh-huh. um, I've shot really solid and shooting the new bow is great. So I'm, I'm pumped about how it's going so far. Yeah. Yeah. And you're shooting, uh, you're shooting the elite, uh, which model is that again? The E35, the energy 35. Right. And, uh, yeah, which is the bow I hunted with all hunting season. And so uh-huh. it's kind of cool to shoot my hunting bow out there in competition. It just drives tax. Uh-huh. Right on, right on. Yeah. I shoot the elite hunter. I haven't shot an energy yet, but, uh, maybe Ooh. we'll, check that out next season you know with as busy as you are um is it tough to find practice time i mean uh, or does that really even matter at this point in your career you know i don't know maybe it's just like riding a bike for you man i don't know i i have i mean i've shot a bow since i was five years old competitively i mean so 20 22 years of competing every year and it's um you know my rookie year the year after that i worked my butt off as a pro you know when i was 18 because i was so driven to be the best you know when i was younger like that and i um then when i started winning a lot and then i started the show and then we had a little boy and got and then i had a family and then it was like man i just no time anymore to practice i'm going from studio and then now i have a production company and so i'm in studio every day and then all you know trying to hunt and schedule hunting season and do the shows and then still be a, a dad and a husband and all those those things so <laughs> there's no time to practice man i'm just set up bows and side them in and tune them and just go shoot my best and you know i'm still able to compete and stay at the top which is a huge blessing to consider i don't have the time to get out and practice i think people think i've practiced hours and hours every day that's all i do but that's so far from the truth because <laughs> I've got so many irons in the fire right now, but yeah. Well, you know that's how it was at one point in time. Just you know, our, our last interview we we did a couple months ago. Uh, I know that there was a time when you you know you came home from a full time job and basically you shot until dark. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was a stonemason, man. When when I was just out of high school, and um, I would shoot. I would work all day, and you know I. As soon as I got home, I'd drive an hour to the closest range and just practice until dark till I couldn't see anymore. I did that every day for for a little over a year and, and never won a tournament that year, but I figured out how to win, and that was the most important thing. And then I spent that entire off season, you know, correcting the things that I was weak, you know, my weak points. And then the next season I started winning and it's kind of been uphill since then. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, as far as the uh, the amateur bow hunter, uh, why should they consider shooting 3D tournaments? I mean, how how does that translate into the field? And I mean, do you think that'll actually help them in their their hunting endeavors? Oh, there's no doubt about it, man. Just you know, being um, it doesn't matter if you're a hunt in the the, the lowest <laughs> amateur class or open like class or semi-pro, <laughs> yeah, or pro or whatever. I mean, when you go shoot one of these tournaments for the first time you're going to have nerves. There's no doubt about it. You know, when you, when it's your first arrow for score and you're shooting against people and, and it's time to put your money where your mouth is, you're going to be nervous. So, um, and you can't, you can't duplicate nerves in your backyard shooting at a block target, you know? And then when you, when the normal, you know, hunter goes and shoots in his yard and then he's shooting good and then he gets out there in the in the woods and that big buck comes in and he gets all nerved up it's completely foreign to him how to perform under that kind of pressure or how to make that shot under that pressure but for the tournament archer that shoots and feels those nerves every weekend um you know it's it's 
not that you can ever hide from those nerves, but you learn how to deal with them you, a lot better. You learn how to how to hold it together and make that shot um, whenever that bow's not not aiming as good as it normally does. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. for me, it made it makes an unbelievable difference. I'm you know when a when a big animal comes in, my heart's pounding out of my chest. I've been there a thousand times in tournaments and. You know, I, it doesn't take away from how nervous I am. It just gives me the confidence to know I've made that shot before, and I'm not gonna, not gonna rush it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do anything as stupid if, if I was never in that position. You know, I think it would help a tremendous amount of people to go out and shoot. You know, you don't have to shoot in the pro class. You know, mm-hmm. just go out and compete and, and feel what it's like to be out there on the line shooting against the right. best shooters in the world. You know. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, for the average amateur shooter out there, I mean, you know, how, I mean, how many days a week should uh, someone who's serious about archery but not really looking to, you know, make a living doing it? I mean, I don't know if it's amount of time or a number of arrows, but you know, what are your thoughts? I think it's um, just making your practice count, man, because not everybody has uh, an hour a day. Not everybody has 30 minutes. You know, if you get a couple days a week for a half an hour, just make that practice count. You know, set goals and practice is what I try to tell people. Don't don't go out and just shoot and say, okay, I shot my bow today. You'll never get any better, you know. Always set goals. Try to get better every time you go out, you know, whether it's I want to get to where I can put five arrows in this size of a dot at, at 30, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and and just practice and, and constantly be trying to reach those goals in practice. And before you know it, you'll reach them and reach them and reach them, and, and you look back over a year's time, and even though you only shot a couple times a week, You've improved so much as a shooter, and and the biggest thing I think for anybody, um, from pros all the way down to people that are just starting to shoot a bow, the biggest thing I can tell you is if you're comfortable shooting at 20 yards and, and you're not comfortable shooting any further than that, then move back to 40 and practice, because, and if if you're comfortable shooting at 40, practice at at 70 or 80. I'm not telling you to go shoot an animal that far. I'm saying in your yard or in the field, wherever, practice way further than where you're comfortable because what it does is even though you may not hit or shoot very good groups at 70 or 80 yards, 60 yards, whatever it is, when you move back in to that 20 or 30 yards, it, it is so much easier after you've stood back and shot at 60 or 70 yards. And if I'm, well, like for instance, if I go, if I know i got Vegas coming up, which is a 20-yard tournament, and it's all at 20 yards. Mm-hmm. I won't practice at 20 yards all week. I'll shoot the Vegas face at 30 yards in the shop, and we'll stand and shoot at 30 yards, and then all of a sudden we go to Vegas, move up to 20, shooting the same face. It's like, man, I can't miss. There's no way. I've been shooting this thing at 30 all week. you know. So it's kind of that mindset of, of uh, make your practice harder than what you're planning on doing out in the field, and it's, you're so much more comfortable if you shot a deer target at 50 yards for six months and then you go out and that deer comes out at 20, it's like, there's no way I can, could mess this up, you know, kind of mindset, which things still happen, things go wrong, but it's that confidence that it puts in your mind that, that, that matters. Right on. A great insight right there, by the way, Levi, and uh, certainly was a real treat to get to visit with you again. We look forward to seeing you in Texas next week at the Brunton Southwest Shootout April 25th through the 27th in Paris, Texas, and we wish you continued success as you go for your 10th ASA Shooter of the Year title. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to get down there. We'll see you then, bud. Take care.
All right, thanks, man. All right, there he goes, the world's premier competitive 3D archer, Mr. Levi Morgan. Uh, hope that <laughs> that helps y'all get your, your archery fix in. And uh, Man, I know it's a long time waiting around for October to roll around again. Uh, but uh, anyway, great stuff with Levi as always. Let's take a break. When we come back, we've got some important regulation changes coming down the pipe from Texas Parks and Wildlife. Uh, one of them will uh, actually affect all the bow hunters out there and uh, pretty cool stuff uh something i never thought texas parks and wildlife would allow us to do uh, but they have and i applaud them for it and we'll get into that next only on cabela's lone star outdoors show sometimes i want to smoke and play in the wild i want to stay out all night well i get tempted and i get tired of being and doing Everything right with life's not a Do you have a hog problem at your ranch or deer lease? We have the solution. The System Hog Trap comes in two sizes, 17-foot and 30-foot diameter traps. After you trap the hogs, take the top section off the trap and use it for another feeder site to keep the hogs away from the feeder. The System is both a trap and a deer food plot fence. That way you don't waste your money on just a hog trap. Call 940-391-3669 or visit www.goinfencing.com. That's goinfencing.com. Hi, I'm Craig Boddington. I'd like to invite you to become a member of Dallas Safari Club, one of the world's leading hunting and conservation organizations. As a member, you'll receive Game Trails magazine, a monthly newsletter, and invitations to our monthly meetings and special activities. Join Dallas Safari Club, an international organization based in Dallas, supporting hunting and conservation worldwide. For more information, call 800-9-GO-HUNT or visit our website at www.biggame.org. BioBore EB is the premier gasoline additive that combats the negative effects ethanol has on an engine. Its comprehensive formula is designed to protect marine engines and marine environments, yet also works great in all two- and four-stroke engines. It prevents phase separation and ethanol-related engine problems while stabilizing fuel for 18 months. BioBore's detergents also clean the entire fuel system of carbon and varnishes. BioBore EB has the best treat rate in the industry. One ounce treats an amazing 15 gallons of gas. Available at your local sporting goods store or visit BioBore.com today. Howdy folks, I'm Lee Hoffbear for Hoffbear's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. We hope you love listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show, because we do, and we're proud to be a title sponsor. Now listen up, we here at Hoffbear Outdoor Superstore have got some great deals for you folks that love the great outdoors. Whether you're needing a brand new Polaris ATV, or maybe a Polaris Ranger, to ride around check your deer feeders, get to and from the deer blind, maybe to get you down to the dove patch, whatever your needs are, we can fix you up with a brand new Polaris today. Now we're also a New Holland tractor and equipment dealer. Now I'm just speculating, but maybe you need a new tractor and shredder to shred around your deer blinds, maybe clean up around deer camp, or maybe even shred a few lanes in the old sunflower pack. Now, we've got lots more than just Polaris and New Holland, so come check us out today. Hoffbauer's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. You can check us out on the web at hpolaris.com. Better yet, just come see us. Highway 84 West in Gulfway, Texas, and in Central Texas for over 48 years now. And folks, we couldn't have stuck around this long. We were steering you wrong. Hey, this is Chris Knight, and you're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. I'd seen it snow that hard before. I couldn't see the cabin from the stable door. And that mashy always rode was in the style. The law couldn't come till the weather broke. My heart was pounding in my 
Cable Smith welcoming everybody back to Cabela's Lone Star Outdoors show presented by Hoff Power Polaris and Lone Star Beer. North Dakota is the name of that tune there from our good friend Chris Knight. By the way, uh, if you ever hear a tune on our show that you like but aren't sure of the name or the artist for that matter, uh, you can check it out on our website. I've got our weekly playlist right there on our homepage at LoneStarOutdoorsShow.com. Anyways, uh, let's go ahead and dive into some very important regulation changes uh, from Texas Parks and Wildlife that will affect all of us Texas bow hunters out there. But real quick, before we do that, this segment proudly brought to you by Cabela's, who for over 50 years has brought you legendary selection and service. Let expert outfitters show you all the newest hunting, fishing, and camping gear, as well as the best and authentic outdoor apparel and footwear at tough-to-beat prices, and you'll get free shipping when you shop online and ship your order to one of Cabela's four great Texas locations. Cabela's, world's foremost outfitter. Well, moving right along here, let's go ahead and bring on our next guest as we've got uh, some interesting stuff as far as regulatory changes go that Texas Parks and Wildlife have adopted for the upcoming 2014-2015 hunting season. So it is my pleasure to welcome TPWD Executive Director for Natural Resources, Ross Melanchuk. Thanks for dropping in, man. You bet. Hey, it's certainly our pleasure. Uh, I know that uh, you've got Clayton Wolf, our, our Wildlife Division Director, riding around in the truck with you this morning. Uh, and that's great because we've got some questions for, for Clayton regarding mule deer coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, but since this is our first visit, Ross, and uh, you haven't been on the show before, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your responsibilities as Deputy Executive Director of Natural Resources? I'd love to, really. Um, been in this position with Parks and Wildlife now for uh, coming up on five years, and this is uh, one of three deputy executive slots within the department. Uh, this one is responsible for the natural resource divisions, which is wildlife, uh, coastal fisheries, and inland fisheries. And uh, really great, great uh, opportunity to work with uh, what we really think are some uh, the best natural resources uh, any state has to offer in the country. So I'm, I'm very, very fortunate to have this job. Awesome. And how long have you been with the department, Ross? Five years now. Right on, right on. Well, uh, hey, let's go ahead and get into these regulation changes. You know, every year TPWD makes some tweaks here and there, uh, and each year there are some pretty important ones that we need to discuss. This one uh, that we're about to get into I think might be one of the most important ones to come down over the past few years, and uh, it's one that will affect the 2014-2015 hunting season. Uh, So let's go ahead and get into that now. And and folks who have a CHL might be thinking, well, this is nothing new. I could already carry a firearm into the woods with me during archery-only season. That is true, but that was still limited to just a handgun. Uh, This new regulation will allow any bow hunter to carry any firearm that's pistol rifle or shotgun into the woods with them while hunting deer or turkey during archery only seasons correct that change is really uh, reflects a focus away from a mere possession of a firearm during those archery seasons to more of one that's focused on a method of take so um, what this what this effectively means now is that a, 
an archery hunter can have a firearm in their possession uh, while um, participating in those hunts, um, that will, you know, as long as they aren't using that firearm to take um, deer or turkey during an archery season. So it means they can use it to take um, hogs or just have it there uh, in their in their possession and not be in violation. And Ross, just to reiterate here, uh, we're talking about allowing any firearm, once again, not just the carrying of a sidearm or, or handgun. Correct. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, before the outdoor annual, uh, you know, reference that you must have a, a CHL to possess a handgun uh, in, in your possession while uh, participating in those two seasons. And so we've really done away with that now and allowed um, literally, you know, actually the, the possession of any firearm during that time. And, uh, you know, we think that's going to provide more opportunities. Oh, yeah, definitely more harvest opportunity for, uh, for hogs and uh, varmints, that's for sure. But I think there's a personal protection uh, element there as well. Yeah, I, I, I think that enters into the mind of, of some of our hunters as well. So, um, you know, that, that is a, a consideration for sure. Uh, Ross, something else to think about here. How will this affect public lands? I mean, clearly, uh, private land, you can now carry any of those weapons anytime you want during archery season. What about situations like WMAs and, and the like? Yeah, I, I think the, um, you know, certainly on private land, um, you can you can operate uh, with without a CHL now. Um, if you're carrying a sidearm, or you can carry any of those firearms. When it comes to to public land, um, you know, I I think our view is that you know we're we're not exactly sure how we'll treat that during archery seasons on some of our WMA hunts, just because of the uh, uh, density of hunters that mm-hmm. that we um, have uh, during um, some of those hunts, but from a sidearm perspective, yeah, those with CHLs um, will still be able to carry a sidearm with them uh, uh-huh. during that time. It's a it's a long gun that we're we're um, going to maybe uh, institute some specific um, restrictions on some of our WMA hunts. Okay, so it sounds to me like it's going to be a case-by-case basis. What about, though, say you're deer hunting the Cooper Wildlife Management Area, a place where you can bow hunt throughout the season? Um, will you be allowed to carry a firearm in those situations? I, I, I think on those scenarios where you know it's not a drawn hunt and we're just out there, um, you know, like you said, on Cooper WMA, regular archery season, We'd probably um, allow that firearm to be carried during that time. Okay. With the CHL. Oh, okay. So only with the CHL. It seems like y'all could extend that at least, you know, as far as the handgun aspect goes to all hunters. Um, because as it stands, it's making me think that WMAs are excluded from the new legislation. Uh, for the most part, and, and maybe there's nothing wrong with that. It just you know, we're just trying to clarify what's going on. No, I, I wouldn't say the WMAs are excluded from it. It's just that there may be some specific WMAs where 
from a hunter safety standpoint, we want to um, perhaps limit the use of, of uh, firearms other than, than uh, sidearms. Okay, well, you know, it sounds like there might be a couple uh, minor details that still, you know, need to be clarified there uh, as far as, you know, if you can carry a sidearm, do you have to have a CHL still on the WMAs and, and public land uh, type situation? But we'll have that discussion uh, coming up closer to bow season, and uh, we'll get you back on. And I know that this is brand new, so y'all are still working all the kinks out. Uh, let's do take a quick break, though, Ross. I know, like we said, Clayton Wolf, our wildlife division director, is in the pickup with you today. Uh, we've got some mule deer stuff we need to get into with him regarding uh, expanded harvest opportunity for hunters. Uh, so let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll take care of that with uh, our good friend Clayton Wolf, Wildlife Division Director for Texas Parks and Wildlife, coming up only on Cabela's Lone Star Outdoor Show. There's a storm in my rear and a city on my Straight away and there's comfort in the curve. Ben Lofton Fencing is Texas' premier fencing company. They apply a design it right, build it right the first time mindset to all projects. And with 15 plus years experience, there's no job they won't tackle. Ben Lofton Fencing specializes in deer and exotic game fences, breeder and handling facilities, water gaps, as well as farm and ranch fences and corrals and working pens. Better Business Bureau certified, they offer the quality and personal service you expect. So for your next fencing project, go Texan and call Mr. Lofton himself at 254-709-1320 or visit BenLoftonFencing.com. At Frost, we could talk to you about our 24-7 online banking. Or we could talk to you about our more than 1,100 ATMs across Texas. We can even talk to you about our mobile banking app that lets you pay bills, transfer funds, and deposit checks from anywhere. But at the end of the day, there's nothing we enjoy more than to just talk to you. Thank you for calling Frost. How may I help you? We're here with the technology and convenience you want and the service you deserve. Frost. Banking. Investments. Insurance. Howdy, outdoorsmen. Whether you're looking for the ideal place to customize your everyday truck or your ranch 4x4, Lone Star Conversions can do it all. Specializing in custom Jeeps, trucks, exterior liners, spray and bed liners, lift kits, bumpers, and lights. It's our purpose to provide customers with the most unique, best-valued conversions anywhere. Stop in and see us at our convenient location off of Highway 380 in Denton or call us at 940-484-5500. Of course, you can also check us out at LoneStarJeeps.com. Larson Electronics is a Texas-based lighting company that's been outfitting the United States military since the 1960s. And while they continue to support our troops, they also now have over 200 lights ideal for your hunting and fishing needs. Like the 35-watt HID camouflage Go Light Striker with remote that's 15 million candle power in the palm of your hand. Ideal for predator and hog hunting, they also have remote-controlled floodlights, feeder lights, and LED boat lights. Visit LarsonElectronics.com and go Texan with Larson Electronics for all your lighting needs. Rockwall Gun Club is North Texas' premier shooting facility, offering both indoor and outdoor ranges, including a unique 500-yard rifle range. If shotgunning's your thing, then check out the 18-station clay course. Opening summer 2014, Rockwall Gun Club is offering special introductory family and corporate membership rates for founding members. Located at 15950 State Highway 205, you can also visit rockwallgunclub.com or call 972-215-6902. Rockwall Gun Club, the private shooting experience. I've seen bad days 
settle all sleep Them nights have gotten longer in my days Cold sunshine can get you off the mind And every time I feel the touch of someone new I don't feel any stronger Cause all I know is this hell that I've gone Grant Jones and the Pistol Grip Lasso. Since I Lost You is the name of that one. Bringing us back on Cabela's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Presented by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. I'm Cable Smith and we're talking some regulation changes this morning that directly affect the 2014-2015 hunting season here in the Lone Star State. Uh, We're actually killing two birds with one stone today since we already got into some stuff related to carrying a firearm during archery-only seasons with our Deputy Executive Director of Natural Resources, Ross Melanchuk. And Ross, he actually is riding around in the pickup this morning with our Texas Parks and Wildlife Wildlife Division Director, Clayton Wolf, uh, an old friend of the show. And uh, we're going to get into some mule deer discussion here and uh, some increased hunter opportunity with Clayton momentarily. Uh, but first, this segment probably brought to you by Squaw Mountain Ranch Trophy Hunts, uh, amazing 3,000-acre place in Jack County, Texas, right outside of Jacksboro. They've got naturally reproducing herds of scimitar horned oryx, black buck, addicts, and, of course, axis deer. Now's the time to book your trophy axis hunt. The rut is right around the corner. It takes place in July for the most part here in Texas. Visit smrhunts.com to book your hunt today. Moving right along here, let's go ahead and talk some mule deer. We've got some regulation changes to get into. Uh, this is a species that I'm actually pretty angry at. Uh, love-hate relationship, to say the least. In the past two years, I've traveled to New Mexico, spent a week wandering around the mountains by myself, uh, trying to find that giant buck. Never did happen. And then this past fall, I went out to Hudspeth County with some good friends and Spent five days chasing giant Texas mule deer out there in the mountains of far west Texas uh, and didn't connect out there either. So I've invested a significant amount of time and uh, and money and and, travel expenses chasing that gray ghost. (laughs) So I was happy to hear that uh, we've got some increased harvest opportunity here in Texas. And that's what I want to get into right now with our wildlife division director, Clayton Wolf. Always a pleasure, my friend. You bet. You bet. It's glad, glad to be with you. Well, we certainly appreciate it. And, uh, Clayton, you know, there are right now, I think, 58 counties that have uh, mule deer seasons here in the Lone Star State. Proud to announce that we are adding four more counties uh, to that list for the upcoming 2014-2015 uh, calendar hunting year, which, of course, always begins September 1 with the opening of dove season. Clayton, one of these counties, uh, Knox County, is a little bit farther east than what I would traditionally associate, you know, mule deer country with. And it's kind of a, an interesting phenomenon that they're able to do so well in Knox County. That's correct. That's correct. And so it's, uh, you know, and particularly as you get on the periphery of mule deer range, you know, all of those, well, many of those counties, including those we're proposing, they're, they're west. The, the, the habitat can be very limited, and the populations can be in isolated pockets. So when we went through the, the process of, of of first talking to our staff, uh, everyone acknowledged that um, that in some of these cases, you know, the, we're talking about 
you know, maybe even just 50 or 60,000 acres worth of real mule deer habitat in a particular county. Uh, and so that's why, you know, in the proposal, actually for all these counties, you know, it's it's a buck only season. Uh-huh. Uh, the- theoretically, we could an- we could issue antlerless permits in those counties, but but the reality is we don't. Uh, in that way, so in essence, what we have is a buck only season, which is obviously a very conservative harvest strategy in areas that, where you have limited habitat. Mm-hmm. And so, so ultimately, we the you know the impact uh, from a population uh, population level standpoint. Is is really there's no effect on the reproductive capacity when you're not harvesting does. We you know, through our breeding chronology studies, we know we're going to have enough bucks out there. Uh, it will obviously be up to the landowners on the buck harvest end um, to, to to make sure that they maintain uh, adequate age class. And what we've seen, you know, in the last decade from those counties with limited mule deer habitat, where we've opened up a buck only season, is uh, those counties have maintained good buck age structure, and that doesn't surprise us. You know, uh, uh, landowners are not going to want to to uh, have any kind of deleterious effects on the on the age structure, and so they're allowing for limited buck harvest on those properties. And obviously, unless we issue doe permits, which in in those counties we're not, then doe harvest is not legal. And so what we're seeing basically is uh, the, the populations, as far as we can tell, are remaining stable. And the age structure is is remaining in pretty good shape. We we, we did, and we clarified to the commission uh, the truth of the matter is in those counties that have very low numbers, we don't actually uh, conduct our our aerial surveys. Uh-huh. It's not a very wise use of of uh, our funds. Uh, and so we, when we looked at those counties, we do some habitat extrapolation uh, from the counties where we do have an open season because we have landowners that are conducting surveys, and so we've got some some uh, counties that are basically analogous, uh, the populations are operating the same, and and, um, and we feel like we're going to see the same uh, the same uh, types of harvest and the same harvest level in these new counties. Well, uh, one other question about Knox County here, Clayton, because I'm just fascinated because it is a little bit farther east than uh, where you typically find mule deer in Texas. So what is it about that habitat specifically that allows them to thrive? Well, uh, and so I'm, you know, obviously I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, Knox County is, is much further east of those other counties that we had in the nine-day season. Mm-hmm. But it is, it is on the eastern periphery of our existing 16-day mule deer season. Okay. So, so, so that may be leading to a little confusion. Uh, so, so, so Knox County, all the counties just to the west of Knox County do have mule deer populations and mule deer seasons. Right. Uh, and so... So it's it's just on the eastern periphery. So it obviously will be the habitat's going to be a little more um, scattered, uh, and and uh, the numbers our our deer numbers will be lower. But that is still contiguous with populations and hunting seasons to the west. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. It, it's when, when you get in, it's it's when you get into uh, that western panhandle, uh, and and that includes those other counties, Castro, Hale, and Lubbock. Those have a different season, and they have a nine-day season, and, and that's because that that sandhill country uh, has even lower uh, deer numbers, and it's just not quite as as productive uh, of the sites in general. Right, right, yeah. So Castro, Hale, and Lubbock are the other three counties that uh, 
in addition to Knox County has been added uh, to the uh, mule deer season. But, you know, right. when you think Knox County, I, the only thing I know about Knox County is I've been out there, you know, goose hunting and, and those geese and cranes and everything. They love those peanut and all that uh, agricultural fields out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all and in fact, all those counties, even those uh, Hastro, Kale, I mean, Lubbock, Castro and Hale, a lot of agriculture in those counties. And that's been that's been the norm, really, for, for the counties that we've added in the last, um, say, decade in the Panhandle. In other words, they're, they're not our core mule deer counties. They're on the periphery. There's uh, the vast majority of habitat in the county actually is, is agriculture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you do have these pockets of rangeland. And then, the, and then those, those deer capitalize uh, on that agriculture, particularly like, you know, if it's, if it's winter wheat uh, or something that will sustain them during the winter month or if it's irrigated agriculture, you know, then they're able to, you know, maintain a food source uh, that they might not be able to maintain if it, if, if it were dry land farm. And so, so, so much of those counties, you pull them up on Google Earth and look at them, uh, you know, you see a lot of center pivot irrigation and, and a lot of row crops, uh, and then it's just going to be these um, some pockets of rangeland, or possibly uh, there um, in um, in some of those counties that you kind of just catch the edge of the escarpment, um, and w- which is obviously rough country, and so you or you'll see little fingers along the river, and so for all those counties, uh, you know, we we would tell folks, you know. Don't expect that you're going to be able to go anywhere in Knox or, or Castro or Hale County and find mule deer. In fact, the, the reality is, in, in many cases, you may not find mule deer. Mm-hmm. Um, but in those pockets where there are, we are confident they can sustain a, a buck-only harvest. Right, right. Well, hey, Clayton, uh, this was a treat. I didn't know you were going to be in the truck with Ross today, our uh, Deputy Executive Director of Natural Resources. So, uh, it was very nice visiting with you and, and having you here as a resource to talk about these mule deer regulation changes. Uh, I would ask now, though, if you wouldn't mind handing the phone back over to uh, to Ross, as there is uh, one important saltwater regulation change I want to hit on real quickly here, but uh, we do appreciate your time and, and look forward to uh, to our next visit. You bet, Cable. It's good talking with you. Cable. Uh, welcome back, Ross. Real quick here, the proposal to extend the five fish trout limit area uh, down the Texas coast that was accepted. Uh, of course, the rest of the state still remains a 10 fish bag limit. Uh, but just so folks can be in compliance, what are the geographical boundaries to look for regarding uh, this change? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're um, effective uh, September 1. Uh, this new regulation will go into effect that essentially means now um, that right from the lower Laguna Madre up to uh, a, a, a FM a 457, uh, right around Sargent in Matagorda County, it will now be um, a uh, five-fish limit uh, with a 10-fish uh, possession mm-hmm. uh, during, from that entire stretch. Okay. As you may recall, in the past, you know, Lower Laguna Madre had had a five-fish daily bag and a uh, equal to the possession limit. So we have increased the possession limit in the Lower Laguna Madre to match what is now a two-day um, bag limit all the way up to that point 
where FM 457 uh, comes into the coast. Okay. Okay. And so, um, you know, that that line was really uh, chosen in consultation with our law enforcement folks and thinking about, you know, anglers' um, ability to know when they're, um, you know, north or south of that line, and that really seemed to be the best demarcation point that we um, could come up with. So, so uh, you know, a, a, a pretty good stretch of the coast, and then of course north of there. We'll continue with a 10 fish uh, daily bag and a 20 fish possession Perfect. from there up to uh, to the upper coast. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, hey Ross, that basically covers what I think are the highlights from the uh, the new regulation changes that uh, have been adapted by Texas Parks and Wildlife. A couple other, you know, various things regarding squirrel seasons, uh, um, Guadalupe River trout. Folks can find that on y'all's website, though. We certainly appreciate your time today, uh, as well as Clayton's, and thanks for everything that y'all continue to do uh, at Texas Parks and Wildlife. I know y'all have uh, the hunters and anglers' best interests at heart. Oh, enjoyed it, Cable. Thank you for um, giving us some time to talk about this, and uh, you know, we're excited about these changes. We hope our sportsmen and women will uh, get out and enjoy great resources we've got here in Texas. Hey, thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you somewhere on down the road. Look forward to it. Thanks, Cable. All right, there he goes. Ross Melanchuk, our Deputy Executive Director for Natural Resources at Texas Parks and Wildlife. Uh, unfortunately, we are out of time for today. We appreciate our other guests as well. Clayton Wolf, our Wildlife Division Director, also at Texas Parks and Wildlife. Uh, of course, Greg Pavor, our crappie insider from Pavor Outdoors. And of course, professional 3D and competitive shooter Levi Morgan of Elite Archery. Uh, thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of Cabela's Lone Star Outdoors show. Y'all have a great Easter weekend, and remember, he has risen indeed. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors.